Chapter Twelve of the Girls of St. Wode's. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Girls of St. Wode's by L. T. Mead. Chapter Twelve. Inky Annie. Meanwhile, Miss Colchester and Leslie Gilroy, standing in the middle of their room, gazed one at the other. Miss Colchester put up her hand to ruffle her red locks. Presently she uttered a short, sharp sigh. "'I see by the build of your head and your figure that you are painfully tidy,' she said. "'I had hoped that it might have been the will of Providence to allow a congenial spirit to share this room with me, but evidently that is not to be my lot. How much space do you require?' "'Half the room, I suppose,' said Leslie. "'Half! My dear good creature, impossible! "'Don't you see that my things are everywhere? "'You will notice, too, that I am absorbed in study. "'I am working hard for mathematical honours, "'and I have only this term in which to prepare.' "'Surely a long time,' said Leslie. "'No time at all, I assure you. "'Come here. I will show you the list of books I have to get through. "'Oh, I declare, here comes your trunk. Two trunks.' "'What do you want two trunks for? "'How perfectly fearful! "'Put them down, please, Porter. "'There, near the door. "'Now, then, we had better settle this matter at once. "'You must promise that you will on no account "'encroach on my half of the room. "'I take this side with the bay window. "'You have the back with the little side window. "'I require light for my work. "'I give you permission to keep your part, "'just there in the corner, as tidy as you please. "'Do you understand?' "'I shall certainly keep my part of the room tidy,' said Leslie, with some spirit, "'and I may ask what this screen is for.' "'Oh, you can use it or not as you please. "'It is supposed to hide the washstand. "'Most unnecessary, in my opinion. "'Some of the students here even go the length of turning the chest of drawers "'so that the drawers may face the wall. "'Then they put an ornamental sort of piano sheet over the back of the drawers "'and make it look like a piece of ornamental furniture, "'ornamental instead of useful.' "'Ridiculous! Does not one want to bang open a drawer, "'stuff in one's things, shut it again as quickly as possible, "'and then not give another thought to the matter? "'Surely there are untidy girls in the college. "'Why was it my lot to have you sent to share my room, "'you who are the very pink of neatness? "'I see you are very sorry to have me, "'and I, of course, am sorry, too, that you should be put out,' "'said Leslie, who thought it best to take the bull by the horns.' "'But suppose, Miss Colchester, suppose I, "'who may not have quite so much work to do at present as you have. "'Of course you won't, you silly girl. "'I am working for honours, I told you. "'Well, well, do let me finish. "'Suppose I undertake the tidying of the whole room. "'But, my dear good creature, I like it untidy. "'I hate to have everything in its place. "'When things are in their right places, they can never be found, that's my opinion. "'Do you see my study-table?' I know exactly where I have put my things, but if anybody attempts to tidy them, woe betide my comfort in the future. Well, I see you are good-natured, and I don't want to be disagreeable. You have a nice face, too, and I dare say we shall pull together all right. If you wish to tidy just around my table, you may. For instance, if you see my stockings on the floor, you can roll them up and put them into my drawer. Any drawer. It doesn't matter which. "'and if I do forget to put my boots outside at night, "'you may gather them up with your own and fling them on the landing. "'Oh, dear, dear, it is such a worry even to speak about it. "'But what I was about to say,' continued Miss Colchester, "'is this. 
"'You may tidy for me, if you please, "'but there is one point on which I am resolved. "'This table is never to be touched. "'The housemaid knows it, and now I warn you. "'Think of what it means to me. "'I may make a note. "'Through my brain may be evolved an idea, "'which a careless housemaid may throw into the waste-paper basket. "'Just think what it would mean. "'How do you suppose I am to work in a place like this, "'if I think of small, petty things which occupy home-girls?' "'You are a home-girl. Have you a tidy mother? Of course you have.' "'Yes,' said Leslie, "'and a very hard-working and clever mother, too. "'She spends a great deal of her time out, but she has trained my sisters and myself. "'I do believe you are going to quote that awful proverb about a place for everything,' said Miss Colchester. "'Don't, I beg of you.' "'I was thinking of it. I did not mean to quote it,' said Leslie. "'Well, I must not waste any more time talking. I suppose you must have your way.' "'I am afraid your bedstead is a little uncomfortable. "'The spring is broken. "'But you don't mind, do you?' "'I do mind,' answered Leslie. "'I shall ask to have the spring mended tomorrow. "'There is no good having an uncomfortable bed. "'But for tonight it does not matter. "'Oh, I see that you are going to be good-natured. "'That is your screen. "'You can take the best of the two, "'because I never open mine. "'You can paste any pictures you like on it "'if you are given that way. "'But I hope to goodness you are not.' The screen is to put round your wash-hand stand. That is your table, and that is your chest of drawers. Now, for goodness sake, like a dear good creature, put your things in order and don't speak to me again. I must go on with my calculus of finite differences. What do you mean? asked Leslie. Do you wish for an explanation? If so, pray sit down opposite to me, and don't expect to stir for a week. It will take me at least that long to explain the matter. "'Oh, don't say any more just now, and do move as softly as you can. "'Do just consider that my winning honours in mathematics "'is a little more important than that your drawers should be in immaculate order. "'Do you comprehend?' "'Perfectly. Well, don't say another word.' "'The red-haired maiden returned to her desk, "'stuffed both her hands through her fiery locks, "'which stuck out now like great wings on each side of her head, "'and began murmuring slowly to herself.' Leslie stood still for a moment, with a sense of dismay stealing over her. "'What is to be done?' she thought. "'Miss Colchester is a very peculiar girl. "'What does a calculus of finite differences mean? "'I almost wish dear old Lou had been mathematical. "'Then perhaps I should have known. "'Well, never mind. "'I won't disturb that poor dear scholarly girl. "'But unpack my things I simply must.' "'Thanks to her mother's excellent training,' Leslie was a proficient in the art of stowing away things in small spaces, and before the gong for dinner sounded she had put all her belongings away, had arranged the screen around her wash-hand stand, and had even brought out much-loved photographs of her mother and her brother Llewellyn to ornament the top of her chest of drawers. These gave a home look to the room, and she glanced at them with satisfaction. Her bedstead, turned into a sofa by day by means of a crimson rug, was now tidy and in order, and Leslie sat down on the edge of it, waiting for Annie Colchester to stir. The second gong pealed through the house, and Annie suddenly started to her feet. "'Good gracious! Oh, I forgot all about you. What is your name?' "'Leslie Gilroy.' "'Leslie Gilroy. Please tell me if that is first or second gong.' "'The second, replied Leslie. "'And who are you?' continued Annie Colchester, gazing in a sort of vacant way at her room-fellow. "'The girl who has come to share your room.' "'And you have put all your things away and made no noise? "'Excellent. "'Did you say that that was the second gong, Miss? "'Leslie Gilroy is my name. "'Is that the second gong? 
The second gong sounded two or three minutes ago. Then we must fly. Oh, never mind our hands. Ink? Yes, I have ink on my hands, and on my face, and on my hair. But never mind, never mind. They know me now. I am called Inky Annie. I rather glory in the name. But I should have thought that a mathematical scholar would have been the essence of order, said Leslie. Surely mathematics ought to conduce to order of mind and body. You know nothing whatever about it, said Annie, casting a withering glance at Leslie. I wonder if you are clever, or what you have come here for. Girls who are merely orderly have no niche at St. Wode's. But you will learn, doubtless, and if you are good-natured, I will stick up for you, of course. Come along now. You are a fresher, you know, this term, and will be treated accordingly. But how are freshers treated, and why must I be given that unpleasant name? asked Leslie. Custom, my dear, custom. We always call the new girls freshers. You'll get used to it. No one is unkind to a fresher, unless she makes herself disagreeable, which I rather guess you won't. Here, Annie smiled brightly into Leslie's face. Well, I hope we shall be good friends, and that I won't inconvenience you, said the other girl. You won't if you are silent and keep to your side of the room. Now then, let's join hands and fly downstairs. Oh, yes, we are fearfully late, and the others have gone into the dining hall. Well, come this way, said Annie. I'll squeeze you into a seat by me, if you like, for this evening, Leslie Gilroy. End of chapter 12